AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people just like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. And before I introduce today's guest, I just want to say that it is September 1st and it is my 43rd vegan anniversary. Vegan! So I've been vegan for 43 years, so I'm going to challenge all of you to go vegan for 43 days if you're not already vegan. If I could do it for 43 years, you can do it for 43 days. And those of you who are already vegan, thank you so much for caring so much about your health, the health of the planet, and the animals. So the reason we're broadcasting late today is because my guest is in Singapore, and if we were to do it at the regular time, it would be in the middle of the night for him. His name is Luke Tan, and he is the founder of The Awake Method, and he's going to tell you all about what that is. I'll tell you how I met him. I think it was about four years ago. I actually reached out to him on Facebook because he co-hosts the wonderful Plant Fit Summit, which is coming up very soon. And I'll give you a link if you'd like to register. It's absolutely free. They have some of the best speakers. And that's actually how I met Toby, who now co-hosts or not, yeah, actually I co-host it, but he produces it. He does all the hard stuff. I do the fun stuff. I get to talk to the people, the Truth About Weight Loss Summit. So if it wasn't for Luke, we wouldn't have our wonderful Weight Loss Summit. Please welcome all the way from Singapore, Luke Tan. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Chef AJ, for the invite. And thank you everyone for tuning in. It's it's uh, an absolute honor, you know, many, many years ago when I came into this lifestyle, maybe not 43 years, um, I saw you on, on, on your shows and, and to be here is, is an absolute honor. So thank you for the invite and I hope I can uh, share a lot of value for your listeners and viewers out there. Well, you can. And I love listening to you because you have just, I don't know what your accent is, but I love the sound of your voice. So keep talking. <laughs> it's a bit of a global accent. I, I spent half my life in Australia um, and now based in Singapore. So I would say a global citizen. Um, uh, well so, so you, I mean, you're everything. You're you started really as a, a plant-based athlete, right? Yeah, correct, correct. So, I guess a little bit of my background is I started in this lifestyle. I've been in fitness for many years now, more than a decade. Started as a strength and conditioning coach, um, and a natural bodybuilder. I competed in Australia as well. And one day, um, I watched a film on animal cruelty, uh, Earthlings, and. <laughs> Literally overnight, I ditched my kilo of meat, my high protein, low carb diet and went vegan. I was like, I'm, I was not going to contribute to animal cruelty anymore. And that really sparked my whole vegan journey. So for me, uh, it was how I can be a positive impact on this lifestyle. And yeah, I, I decided to compete again as a natural bodybuilder, uh, as a vegan. And I placed and then won, uh, won in, in a few competitions, competed as a CrossFit athlete, and at the same time, I was also a coach, uh, coaching fitness models and bodybuilders for competition, and then moved into entrepreneurship, co-hosted with the Plant Fit Summit, met you and Toby, and, and here we are today. And, and I mean, for me, I'm the founder of Awake Method. You asked me, what is uh, the Awake Method? It's a combination of um, health, fitness, mindset, and spiritual growth. And Awake literally is an acronym for being aware of your inner truth, stepping into the warrior within, leading with authenticity and kindness and expressing your unique value in the world. And so my hope and my goal and my purpose is to see more world-centric leader, warriors, fathers to, to be more, uh, to, to spread love, spread hope, um, courage and strength and compassion uh, for a better world. So, so that's, that's what the awake means and what I stand for and hope to stand for in decades to come. Well, the world can certainly use a lot more compassion now. And I do want to spend a lot of time talking about that. But first, I want to just ask you a little bit about your athlete stuff, only because you mentioned, well, you mentioned CrossFit. And I find that so many people, CrossFit always in paleo, they go together often. Mm, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like when I first went to um, my first CrossFit box and most of the posters that were there were mainly paleo, were, you know, having your... 30% of protein and from animals, animal, animal protein and whey protein and stuff like that. So yeah, it's mainly paleo. And I was kind of the only vegan, vegan uh, crossfitter there. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of dominates the scene. But although in, in recent times it's changing, I know Jeremy Rindis, if I'm not mistaken, um, his, his surname, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it. So I apologize there, but Jeremy Rindis is a crossfit. Uh, and I know of my fellow teammate, Braden Green, he's a vegan crossfit athlete, very, very high performing one. So it's starting to change. Um, so so it's, it's really good to see. And I think across as we can see uh, in Game Changes, many of the athletes are now moving towards a plant-based diet for all of the benefits. 
improve recovery, improve um, uh, immunity, strength gains, all of that. So, so I'm start, we're starting to see um, the game changing. Uh. Literally. So it, it's Literally, so cool yeah. I've, I've interviewed a few natural bodybuilders on the show and they've often won their competitions. And when you guys win, do the carnivores go like, do they, they raise their eyebrow and they, did they kind of give it like, think about it maybe? Cause like, I, I imagine they think that it, you guys aren't going to win. You're vegan. Yeah. I think, I think more so behind the stage, because when you go to a bodybuilding competition at the backstage, it's always really chaotic. It looks really glamorous to a certain degree glamorous at front, at the front. But when you go behind, everyone is just kind of shriveled up and just kind of depleted and everyone's having the chicken and broccoli and whatever. And, and it's nothing like cold meats in a Tupperware. It just stinks backstage and the tuna. And, and there I am eating my bananas and dates and everybody's just like, what's he, what's he doing? That's carbs. And, and I think that's, I get a lot of stares and I remember getting a few stares. I was like, what? you know, that's normally, normally that doesn't happen. But beyond that, um, I think, yeah, people actually actually realize like, wow, you know, it's, it's actually possible. I mean, you look at someone like body, uh, Robert Cheek and of course, Nima Delgado, whom you had on your show as well. Um, it's almost become um, the norm to a certain degree that you can and if not perform really well on a 100% plant-based diet, vegan diet. So how did you end up hosting the summit and doing it with Toby? And what do you like better, hosting and interviewing or being interviewed? Uh, both, I think. Both, I think. Initially, was not actually hosting. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Uh, when I, when I, I had this idea of being the co-host, uh, not really being the co-host of this Plant Fit Summit, I was interviewed by Ron Gandiza. I think you know Ron. Yeah, on uh, Ronnie Tsunami. Ronnie Tsunami. Yes, Ronnie. Ronnie Tsunami, indeed. Ronnie Tsunami, a mutual friend of ours. He he got me on his Plant Pure Summit and and that was all mainly health. Um, and I was kind of the only athlete there. And at that point in time, that was many years ago, I was like, if only we could combine um, health and fitness, plant-based health and fitness, because being an athlete, I was connected to many of the plant-based athletes. And then I met Toby over a coffee one day for different different reason he wanted uh he was in health and wellness he wanted me to try his product and i just pitched this idea to him and he said why not let's just do the summit and i was just like are you kidding me are you serious like really toby just said yeah let's do it all right and our first my our first invite was josh lejone uh, and then next thing we know we had dr colin campbell next thing we know we had all the plant-based athletes that i knew of 50 speakers later, and I just felt stressed because this was the first time I was putting myself out there. But as I started interviewing um, cancer survivors, people who have reviewed adverse chronic disease and all these doctors, I was extremely inspired and almost, um, you know, it almost felt like a mission for me to share this information because it was just such life-changing information. So four years uh four years on um the plant fit summit is where it is today and we're excited about this year uh really really excited about this year so it's been a great journey um and, and as you know both both you and i chef aj we know that toby is a workhorse um and he pushes us in you know in many directions and he's a great guy as well so i i have been i appreciate the journey and also it's brought me here to speak to you today and connect with many of your listeners out there and of course many of our summit audience so I, i'm fully grateful and honored to be able to be just a conduit for for change and a conduit for all these inspiring and rock stars of the plant-based movement to share their message uh, of health um, positivity and, and longevity i would say so you have a little one at home now congratulations are you raising your kid vegan 100 yeah 100 100 vegan um from, from inception, I mean, my, my wife and I have been vegan together on this journey for almost a decade now. Um, and and yeah, I mean, that was always our decision. And it, she's three years old now, doing really well, um, uh, falling in mummy and daddy's footsteps, really active. And these days, uh, you know, we were recording her on the other day and we were asking her, do you drink cow's milk? And she said, no, it's for baby cows. And when we walked past the other day, we were walking past a chicken shop and she was just pointing out, that's a dead animal. That's a dead bird. We don't eat that. And, and because we walked to the, to the grocery store and she looked at the fish in the, 
It's like, oh, those poor fish. So I guess we may have made an impact in her life. So we're proud of her. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we raised her fully vegan uh, and we plan to, and, and I think it, we want to give her all the information and knowledge that we can. And at the end of the day, let her make her own decision when, when she's, she's older. Um, because I think we don't want to say, no, you can't eat this, but, you know, give her all the tools and the knowledge and experience that we have and make, let her come to her own realizations, which I found that we, she actually already has at three. So I, th I think, I think we're, we're, we're hopeful and, and we're confident of, of the life that, you know, uh, she'll have ahead. How old is she? She is three, uh, 34, uh, 34 in March. Wow. That's exciting. Nice. Indeed. So Lemon Rice watching live says, how would you define whole person health? Whole person health, uh, I would say looking at, you know, I look at it, I, I, I shared with you earlier, Chef AJ, about the six pillars of health. I mean, I look at really five key elements. I we might go through the six pillars later, but five key elements, physical, could be your, your nutrition, could be the way you move, your training, um, it could be mental as well, um, how you take the perspective of others. So mental and being able to learn and grow intellectually, um, like doing the, the weight loss summit or the plant based summit, just constantly learning, um, learning new things. And then things, uh, the next aspect, the third aspect would be emotional growth. Um, so being able to, how, how would I say? resolve past trauma uh, and any insecurities that you may have, build emotional resilience, um, improve your communication and relationship with people that you love most. Um, so that's emotional. And then there's intuition as well, being in, in intuitively aware of uh, your surroundings and things like intuitive eating as well. Um, and also being connected with nature. And finally, spirit would be, what is your sense of purpose? Uh, what is your goal? What is your stand? One, one, one thing in life, why do you exist? So I, I look at whole person health through these five dimensions, physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and spirit. So that's how I would define that. So how long have you been doing the awake method? And what, what is it like? Do we come to you for for sessions is it an online course how does it work well yeah i mean i do coaching sessions and but i do blog as well i do share on my instagram at awake method um but basically it's a coaching program and as in for me being on the beyond the awake method i'm an unbeatable mind coach so unbeatable mind uh, uh, an unbeatable mind licensed coach unbeatable mind was started by ex-navy seal mark divine ex-navy seal commander mark divine and i'm one of his licensed coaches and I've adopted all these strategies and philosophies to human development through him. So it's, and, and basically the whole purpose is to create a more balanced and integrated way of living. As I shared through the five dimensions or the five domains, they call it the five mountains. And it's a coaching, coaching process that looks at physical. Um, so I would, where physical is concerned, I would talk about training, functional training. I would also focus particularly on 100% plant-based diet. So that's the physical side, but beyond mental, emotional, spiritual, and intuitional, there are other, other aspects that I could share a little bit later. So, so yeah, it'll be a coaching program, online coaching, um, and it's all available. Uh, all the information is actually through, through my website, awakemethod.com. And, and I should do share a little bit about it on the upcoming Plant Fit Summit. I've interviewed a few of um, an ex-Navy SEAL who is an unbeatable mind coach as well. So do look out for his interview. Um, really, really inspiring guy as well. Lots and lots of great information and, and, and a few others. Well, having an unbeatable mind sounds great. What kind of people do you normally work with? Like who comes to you, for example? Uh, I would say who comes to me, really anyone from um, executives to dads, to fitness enthusiasts who just want to look beyond the fitness, uh, fitness side of things, um, and moms as well wanting to be more present with their with their children, wanting to be more balanced in their own emotions. So I would say across the board, and also I would say um, people who are beyond executives, athletes as well, looking to 
improve their mental toughness, especially for, for CrossFit. And that's how I essentially got into Unbeatable Mind was how could I push that bit harder? Because where pro- CrossFit is concerned, um, it is mentally and emotionally and, and physically, physically, mentally and emotionally draining in, in many ways. Uh, and how could I kind of imp- uh, add that extra minute? How could I push that extra few reps and I came into Unbeatable Mind to, to gain mental toughness, to focus, to learn how to focus on my breath, to focus on how I could better manage my mental chatter and, and the thoughts and emotions that tell me to put the bar down, to tell me to stop. Um, and that's, I would say, to answer your question across the board. Wow. Well, that, sound, that sounds great. How long does it take to master your mind? It's... It's a lifetime, you know, as they say, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's a constant, constant growth in things like learning to take, learning to be a witness, which is one thing that I, I teach my clients to do, because when you're faced in a challenging situation or, you know, we talk about weight loss, for example, you just finish a, a pint of ice cream and then you go down that rabbit hole of, oh goodness, I, I screwed up. I, I'm guilty. You know, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start doubting myself again, you know, oh, I'm fat. And then you go down that whole rabbit hole, but to be a witness to it is to actually take yourself out of that hole and actually look at yourself from an objective point of view to say, you know, that's okay. Um, that's okay. You know, we just, let's, let's just restart tomorrow's a new day. And I think we can use the witness in many areas of our life in, in any challenging situation. If you're faced with an argument with your partner, your loved one, loved ones, um, to be able to take a step back rather than engage in conflict and, that process itself takes a while and that would just be witnessing. So beyond that would be things like addressing your past trauma, hurt, uh, any emotional issues that you may have. And, and that could be buried deep within and you don't even know. And that, that could be a manifestation, a physical manifestation of what you're feeling internally because sometimes weight loss, I mean, you're, you do the weight loss summit. Weight loss is really emotional. It's not physical. It's just the exterior but how you feel internally is is how you how you kind of um, is a reflection of how you are externally. So so I think it's and emotions are one of those things where and the reason why I came into coaching and, and life coaching and NLP I'm an NLP practitioner as well is when I was a personal trainer and this girl we were doing all the exercises doing all the nutrition and stuff like that and she just broke down in front of the mirror and I asked her what's going on. Uh, you know, we're, we're training and she was bawling her eyes out and I asked, and she just paused for a moment and she said, I hate the way I look. And I was stumped as a personal trainer who knew nutrition and, and, and fitness. I didn't know how to help this girl. Like it was just so buried deep in there. And I was, I just felt like we just kind of went on, but that just kept rolling in my heart. How could I help this person? So I went down the path of um, NLP, went down the path of life coaching, went down the path of unbeatable mind because I find, I feel that a lot of our exterior is just a vehicle, but who we are is the driver, you know, our sense of self. You know, we can change cars every single day. We can get into different Ubers. We can buy a new car, but the driver and the person is still the same. The person is how we feel, how we think, how we connect uh, and, and I think that is key. So I, I would say it takes a lifetime, but it takes, as Anthony Robbins says, canai, constant and never ending improvement. So you need, to, you need to constantly be pushing yourself, constantly be surrounding yourself with the, with the right people, with the right community, with the right food, eliminating yourself uh, from toxic, uh, toxic situations, toxic people, toxic environments. So there's, there's so many, it's multifactorial. And that's why um, where the five mountain, the five modality approach to uh, personal development is, is concerned, it takes, it would take forever to a certain, but it also, it also is, is very, very inspiring because you know that there are so many other aspects and so many pieces of the puzzle that you can focus on to grow rather than just looking at, oh, I need to count my calories. I need to look at the scale. I need to, you know, and just by focusing on numbers, you're just going to just drive yourself nuts. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people focus on the scale. Dr. Lyle doesn't mm-hmm. like that. He tells them not yeah. to weigh themselves or maybe once a month at the most, he calls them scale mm-hmm. monkeys. Yeah. 
Indeed. A lot of what you talked about kind of reminds me of mindfulness. Mm. Indeed, indeed. And mindfulness is one of those things for, you know, we, we, you know, it's very easy for us to be disconnected uh, and not, not very present in conversations. I mean, with this little thing here, it's easy to just wait in line and, um, and just zone out. But I think mindfulness is key and mindfulness is something that I, I, I do every, and I advocate my clients to do as well. And there's this thing that I advocate for my clients to do is um, sacred silence, uh, uh, you know, spending some time in nature and meaning that dedicating say half an hour or one hour, if you're a busy person, if you can do it every day, brilliant, but half an hour a, a, a week in nature where you're away from your phone and just being fully silent and only being connected with you know, um, your senses. So I, I, I call this the five, four, three, two, one approach. Um, so what are five things you can see? What are four things you can hear around you? What are three things you can maybe smell? What are two things you can, oh, rather three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. Being mindful and being mindful could also be washing your dish, dishes, you know, feeling the soap suds, smelling the soap, what, seeing the water and seeing the, the soap bubble up. And mindfulness could also be eating, taking, being away from the TV um, and also focusing on every single bite, taking like, you know, each spoonful, taking 10 to 15 bites rather than just, you know, just really shoving your face and just finishing that meal in like five minutes, taking your time and mindfulness could be walking as well feeling the gravel between on, on your feet, hearing the sounds of the traffic, looking up and looking at the sky and just getting lost. And that's what I learned from my little girl. She gets lost in the present so much so that when I, I, I yell at her, Sienna, Sienna, she's just so lost in that coloring book. And I wish I had that, but you know, I'm starting to learn and, and I think children are the best teachers. So I'm learning from her to, to be more present. And, and I think mindfulness is something that we need to, to, to do more of. And, and it connects us to our inner wisdom and, and really uh, our truth and to be calm, I would say, because we're not calm because we're not present because we're focusing on the future and hanging on to the past. You know, I'm also hosting another summit this year and it's on GI health. And there's a bunch of doctors at UCLA, they're functional GI doctors. And one of the treatments for GI disease is a mindfulness class. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and what I would love to find out more. So how, how, how does that, you know, how does mindfulness impact GI health? Apparently a lot, at least not, not, oh, yeah. not with everything. I mean, obviously you have a bleeding ulcer. They don't tell you to go meditate, mm. but especially for the ones like that, that where there's chronic pain involved, mm. things like IBS. And so it's just, it's fascinating. Why I can't wait for you to hear what some of them are saying oh, that how, and how they've done, wait. they've actually done research though, wow. that, it's, that it's effective. It's not just like, oh yeah, just go to this class that they've really done research that some of these things, anything I think that really calms the nervous system because they do mindfulness, mm. Tai Chi, yoga, wow. meditation, uh, acupuncture, hypnotherapy. I mean, there's a, a, like, it's a whole person approach instead of just, mm. you know, drugs and surgery. So I'm, I'm really like learning that mindfulness is, is, is important. Yeah. And, and I think we're going, coming full circle, isn't it? You know, really going back to, to our roots uh, uh, with, the way we eat, the way we think, the way we feel, because it's, you know, they talk about integrated uh, health and integrated whole person health, lifestyle medicine, you know, we had uh, lifestyle medicine practitioners on, on, our, on our show, on the Plant Fit Summit and interviewing someone like Dr. Renee Thomas, who's um, a doctor in Loma Linda, California, um, one of the blue zones. And, and she talks about lifestyle medicine and talks about what the blue zones are, you know, it's not pills. <laughs> It's not, it's not surgery. It's um, gardening. It's hiking up that hill. It's uh, having a good friendship group. It's having a, a sense of community with your spiritual group. It is um, laughing. All these things um, aren't talked about. Um, and fortunately, they are today because I think we, we need to change the paradigm in terms of um, health uh, and longevity. Um, and it all interrelates with being mindful, uh, being mindful of what you eat, being mindful of your friends, being mindful of your environment. So, so 100% agree there. 
How did you get interested in this? I think it's always been in me. Uh, you know, like I said, initially, the, the trigger was that experience with the client of mine who went when I was a personal trainer. But before that, when I was a little boy, I always remembered going into a lift and pressing the lift door and in an, in, in an elevator in a just an office building. And every time the lift door actually opened, I saw a different floor. It was meant to be level two, level three, level four. So at that point in time, when I was like seven or eight, I was just always thinking like, what if this is just a figment of our imagination? What if it's not level five? What if it's not level six? What if it's not level seven? But it's our own perception based on our belief system of what is real and what is not. But really this conversation could really not even exist because it's actually in our mind. So if we go down that path, and that was just me being really a curious little boy, but I think it started back then. And I was always interested on how the mind works. Um, because I was going through a very tough time in my life. I, I had a suicide attempt, um, suffered from depression, and was at the lowest around 2008, 2009. And I literally clawed my way out of depression, um, survived a suicide attempt, and became a new version of myself uh, when I, I made the decision one crisp morning in Melbourne, Australia, where I was living. And... and it was shedding and like almost like shedding an old skin of mine. And from then I, I had a rebirth and I experienced what it was like to, to find, to reignite my spark. And hence um, I decided to move into this path of personal development. And as I was helping clients and I could see uh, everyone has a spark in them. Everyone has a little fire in them, but because of conditioning, because of, belief systems because of the environment it it almost extinguishes that little spark in us and I love to see when that spark gets ignited gets it becomes a bonfire to see people living their truth living their purpose and, and spreading love and spreading joy and being in service of others and that is what drives me and I remember hearing I, I remember one of the talks that I listened to in Tony Robbins and the reporter asked Tony Robbins, what is, why do you do what you do? And he said it quite simply, to make a difference. And I, that really resonated with me. So, so yeah, I think for me, it's just to see that spark. Um, and beyond, beyond that spark also, with all that's going on, the uncertainty that's going on in the world right now, I believe that by people living their truth and being fully connected and integrated uh, and in, in service of, uh, everyone else in the, the world at large will see a brand new world, a brave new world. And we need that. Uh, and I think we're at the cusp of, of change and the cusp of a revolution. And I'm excited, hopeful, and optimistic of where this world will be. Um, and yeah, uh, for me, I think that's, 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 that's really uh, what drives me and, and what I hope to see more people do, igniting that spark uh, and, and living their truth. Yeah. Hence being awake. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, people really appreciate you sharing your journey. And, and, you know, we don't talk about mental health issues very much in the plant-based world. I think really the only doctor that really talks about it, and I had him on the show once, he's coming on again, is Dr. Neil Nedley. And he's not mm -hmm. even a psychiatrist, but he has a, a protocol for it because people think, well, oh, you know, you're a bodybuilder, or you, you know, you're a speaker. So, you know, everything's got to be great. And it's not always the case. No, not not at all. I mean, um, I mean, when you look at, uh, I, I mean, being a bodybuilder. I mean, especially in the fitness fitness centric sense. You know, when you look at Instagram, you look at a jacked person. That is the epitome of fitness of health. When it's far from far from that, you know. Um, and and I think that the, the body is just a rep. Like I said, it's just a vehicle. And I think mental health is just something that is just not talked about. And especially for guys as well, you want to have this kind of macho, um, macho kind of persona, you know, like it's, it's manly to eat meat and all that kind of egocentric, I would say, um, dear, uh, mind, I would say mindsets. So, so I think it's about being balanced with, I look at it as masculine and feminine energy. Masculine energy is about goal-oriented, being solution-focused, courageous, feminine energy is about receiving. It's about 
listening. It's about being compassionate. It's about service. So between that two is a line. And I think that the world will be a much better place if men and women are aware of their masculine and feminine energies and trying to find that middle because we need both masculine and feminine energies in the world to heal the world. And, and I think, um, you know, true strength comes from compassion, comes from vulnerability, comes from being true to yourself and saying, you know, you, you know what, I screwed up, but it's okay. I learned from it and grow from it. So, so yeah, I would, I would say, say um, definitely that's the case. Well, Karen says, thank you for sharing your personal journey. Now I can really connect and hear you. Bless you and your family. And Apple says, it'll be great when talking about mental health is normalized. <laughs> it's interesting how people don't talk about anything. Not really. Like when I'm hosting this GI summit, what's coming up a lot is pooping because that's part of the GI tract. And all the doctors are saying that it embarrasses people so much. They don't even want to, when they have a problem in that area, they don't want to go to the doctor. Like they're even afraid mm. to tell the doctor. So we have to normalize these things, these mental health issues, going to the bathroom. I, this is, mm. these are human things. Indeed, indeed. And, and I think it's, you know, us at any whole food plant-based person, they're almost proud of their taking, uh, you know, number doing a number two. It's like, it's, it's liberating. And I think it should be the normal because, um, I mean, talking about that, uh, you know, my brother passed in March 31st uh, this year, just pre, pre-COVID. So, you know, for he passed away from uh, stomach cancer, colon cancer. Oh my. So I remember uh, about a year ago, uh, last uh, probably a year ago, uh, I remember we were celebrating our birthday for the very first time together. And we're cutting the cake together. I still have pictures. And I remember when he drank a glass of water, he just basically regurgitated all that water. And I was just like, something is wrong. Like I said, do check this out. I mean, being in plant-based and stuff like that, I just knew something was, you don't just regurgitate water. And a year later, um, you know, uh, probably around November or so, he got diagnosed. And I think for the, for, I know for, for the longest time, there were there was a fear there was you know I, I don't want to see the doctor I don't want to talk about this you know I just find that that is that is that is really really it's almost like escaping the truth and I think sometimes we need to just kind of man up and just you know whatever that whatever whatever you fear could be could be an area of growth for you so I as as I always tell my clients to always lean into fear what you fear most always liberates you in some way so lean into fear and if going to the doctor is one thing that you fear maybe consider why i i, I advocate for my you know i journal um and that is that is a, a piece that i always share with others always journal because a lot of times in our, in our mind there are repetitive thoughts that go you know good enough just pings around and it just stays in there and it's, it's like an echo chamber. So I, I, I finished like many of my journal books. I never used to be a journaler. And I just take this, my, I call it my best friend. And I just journal what's in my head. Like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why am I doubting myself? Beyond going to the why, what can I do? And what is great? And what the three things that I'd like to share with you guys out there is, this is something that I sign off every single morning as my final journal entry. I love you, I accept you, and I believe in you. And I say that and write that with full, uh, with, with full emotion, with, with my whole heart. Because I think a lot of times we're just so self-critical uh, and, and the environment, media, magazines, almost pushes us to be self-critical, to, to, to fit into this mold. And I think by saying or writing something like that, I love you, I accept you, I believe in you, gives you the courage to say, I, I, I love myself. You know, I don't agree with you. I can love you, but I don't agree with you. But to love yourself enough. And I think not many of us do. And I think where weight loss, um, working with female clients, back in the day, I realized where long-term weight loss is concerned, it's not about the food. It's not about the exercise. It's about self-love, self-respect. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, and when you, when you come from that place of self-love, weight loss becomes a byproduct. It's just like calorie, you know, eating whole food plant-based diet. You know, we talk about calorie density, which I know you're, you're pro at. 
automatically weight loss becomes a byproduct rather than a focal point or an outcome. That's great. Not to change the subject, this is we're getting so many nice comments on your shirt and your tattoos. So, oh, yeah. so we probably can't go where you got your tattoos, but where did you get that amazing shirt? Oh, eat plants. Oh, this is actually on my, my website, eat plants. Uh, there we go. Eat plants. I made it, I made it, uh, many years. I, I still have a few, few left. I do sell it on my website, weightmethod.com and I've given it to a few athletes as well and people, and it's also, you can train in it because it's like a kind of dry fit material. So when I can, I advocate the eat plants message because that's what I stand for. And that's what I believe everyone should do. You know, it's, and it's just the color. It's beautiful. Yeah. If I had one, it would say eat plants fit into your right. pants. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll send you one and you can put the, the, the <laughs> second bit down below. So we actually have somebody watching from Singapore. I apologize if I mispronounce your name. S-L-E-W-F-A. W sweet sweet slew. I'm I'm okay, forget it. But anyway, he or she wanted to know if you know of a plant-based doctor in Singapore. And what is the plant-based scene like in Singapore? A plant-based doctor, I know there's a, a, a doctor that advocates a plant-based. I, I need to need to reach into my network. I know that there is uh, there is a naturopath doctor whom I actually yeah, I, there's a naturopath doctor that I actually see. I, I love her. Her name is Dr. Priya. So uh, feel free to email me on, on my website. I'll, I can connect you with her. Um, so that's that's number one. And number two, the plant-based movement in Singapore is growing, uh, I would say, particularly in the food tech space because uh, most of our food is imported. So Singapore is starting to invest in a lot of entrepreneurs and startups that focus on producing our own food, particularly plant-based meat alternatives. So there's actually um, like a... a plant-based startup, a venture capitalist firm that invests in entrepreneurs to start up, start um, plant-based products. So, so yeah, I would say where the plant-based food tech scene is growing and the, the vegan community here is, is a really tight-knit one as well. Um, and I thought Singapore was rated number two most vegan-friendly city in the whole of Asia a few years back. So it's growing, I would say, uh, definitely. And, you know, a lot of uh, a billion veg is is a great app that you can download. It's uh it's something like Happy Cow, but but it's uh it re it's a dish review platform. So you don't just get vegetarian and vegan places. Um, you get like food dishes that have been reviewed in non plant based restaurants, and that started in Singapore. So I would say it's growing. Uh, I, I I would say a lot faster than um our neighboring countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, Vietnam, um. Although, you know, uh, the, the number one vegan veg friendly city in, in the whole of Asia would be Taiwan. So, but yeah, to answer your question, Singapore is growing significantly in, in recent years, at least. That's great. So Jay wanted to know how you crawled out of your depression. How I crawl out of my depression? Uh, great question. Uh, I, think, uh, I think there were three pivotal moments in my life. Um, one was a suicide attempt. Uh, second, the second one was getting into trouble with the law. Uh, in the, in, in, I was, I got into trouble with the law in the club. And the third one was, um, I, I was found out for my infidelity for my ex. And to kind of long story short, it was a final one where all my friends turned their backs on me. To me, that it was kind of life. Life was just giving me a tap on the shoulder. And the final one, it gave me a big slap. And then I started to realize, and it all started with a decision, I would say, to put it quite simply. Um, I just realized that I was disgusted of the person that I, I, I became. And I made a decision to change the course of my life. One, I can remember that morning very, very clearly. And from then on, it was constant pushing, constant self-growth, and also... Um, getting so being, you know, being around good people that supported me and loved me for who I am. Um, and yeah, I would say taking ownership of your truth, um, which is the first part of um, what, what being awake, uh, awake is being aware of your inner truth. So what is, what are you going through right now that is not serving you? Um, is it a, a partner, a, a relationship that's no longer working? Is it your living environment? Is it a job? Uh, is it some past emotional trauma that you haven't addressed? Um, so it always starts from within, but when you take ownership of that one thing, 
um, and decide to change your course and change your path where that is concerned, everything else kind of falls into place. Um, and it's just like we look at it as going vegan and a plant-based diet. Um, you make the decision to say, I really want to go plant-based. I want to really want to go vegan. And you just trust the process. Do what you have to do. Constantly push, constantly research. And the weight just comes off after a while. You know, you start learning, you start being more, in, and then you find out the why of being plant-based, um, the purpose behind it, and you get stuck like, you know, 43 years uh, uh, to be on this lifestyle. So I always start with a why, but take ownership of your truth. Um, and I would say that would be the very, very first step. And that was my first step. Um, and then the next step was committing to a crucible. Uh, a crucible that crucible is really something that challenges you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I competed in my first bodybuilding competition. At, back then, it was a, a non uh, as a non-vegan, so I wanted to channel all that negative energy into something that challenged me physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I competed in that bodybuilding competition. That that was the press. Uh, that was really the start of my athletic journey. And then from then on, I just kind of competed and stacked on my different goals and different different competitions. And so those were the two two main uh, key key points. Are you still competing? I when I went, I just went to your website to do a link for the T-shirt in case anyone was interested. And those pictures of you as a bodybuilder, they're like I'm sure you probably look like that under your shirt. But do you still look like that? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I I think I, I probably uh, I, I'm not look I I'm not like probably seven eight percent as you would on stage, but I you know I managed to maintain uh, a good a uh, good body fat percentage uh, and also muscle mass as well because I train, I still train uh, I do CrossFit but not competing I don't compete anymore maybe down the tr I'm I'm actually I'm actually setting my goal to do a sealed fit uh, crucible so I meant I meant to go to California in March. But because of COVID hit, I didn't go. And of course, my brother passed as well. But Seal Fit is um, a civilian's version of BUDS. Um, basically, BUDS is uh, the trials for Navy SEALs to become Navy SEALs. Uh, uh, Navy SEAL recruits to become Navy SEALs. So it's a civilian version. So that's one of my goals. I may do a Spartan. But, but yeah, I, I do gymnastics. I do animal movements. I do CrossFit, functional training. I run, I swim. Um, I'm going to take up rowing as well. So for me, I don't like to compartmentalize my training to, oh, I'm just doing, doing chest and back, uh, back, in the, back in the day when I was bodybuilding. I just want to move. Uh, and, you know, we are a human animal. We're meant to move. We're meant to climb. We're meant to crawl. We're meant to lift. We're meant to jump. And that's how we're built. And because, you know, for me, I'm sitting here, I actually do want to get like a, one of those walking desks like Dr. Gregor. <laughs> But we're meant to move. Um, so that's how I approach training. And as a byproduct, you know, I, I've maintained a good, good physique, uh, a good level of energy, good level of strength, good le level of mobility as well. And that's how I view training, a very holistic, three-dimensional way of, of living. And I hope I can do that uh, when I'm in one of the blue zones at 100. That's nice. When, your wife is very fit too. Oh, she is. She is. She she inspires me. She's an ultra endurance athlete. She won 2018 uh, the Australian one Australian Championships 100k. She competed in the World Championships. She's shooting for um, the one in the Death Valley. I can't remember what Western States. She's you know she looks up to all these ultra endurance at, uh, runners, and I, I believe that she, you know she's gonna be uh, up there. Uh, She's, she's just taking a break. But yeah, she's super fit. Uh, she came first in Australia and sixth in the World Championships in uh, the North Face 100K in uh, Hong Kong. So well-accomplished athletes, uh, well-accomplished ultra-endurance athlete. And between me and her, I would say I'm the strength. She's the endurance. Um, and hopefully our little girl will be a combination of both. But if she likes dancing and art, you know, by all means. That's great. That is that's a, that's a great way to look at it. So what do you guys eat and who does the cooking in your family? Right now, my, my wife's uh, working from home, so I would say her. But prior to that, I was doing a lot of the cooking. Uh, so it's between me and her. And I would say, you know, what do we eat? I mean, for me, I've been eating the same thing for years now. My ginormous um, oat, oat bowl, it's probably about 1,300 calories in one bowl. 
Um, it's just oats, nuts and seeds, dates, a, apple, some chia seeds, soy milk. Um, uh, and that's really, really, and you know, I supplement with a plant-based protein powder. I shake that. Um, not because I'm lacking protein. I love the flavor of it. So that's in my bowl. So it's 1300 calories. And throughout the day, I snack on fruits. Um, and in the evening, we could have like a whole grain pasta. We love grain bowls. Um, grain bowls, are, I'm in charge of the grain bowls. Um, you know all about batch cooking. So I, I don't do batch cooking, but, but you know, I cook the different vegetables and, and just kind of, and then we can assemble it and assemble it with a special sauce. And Emily loves um, really, really um, salads, large salads. So, and sometimes we have like a, a vegan part thai. So we have a few recipe books that we just kind of follow. And being Singaporean and being Asian, I love Asian cuisine. Um, the other day, there's this thing called cha kui tiao, which is fried, stir fried uh, flat rice noodles. And I wanted a vegan version for it, of it. So I went to Google vegan cha kui tiao. And lo and behold, vegan cha kui tiao was there. And I just followed the recipe. And that's really a pro tip. Any recipe and any food that you want, plant-based or vegan, just Google, add a plant-based or vegan in front, you are going to find a recipe. And then you can tweak based on that recipe. Alternatively, you can go to Chef AJ for, for the best and most tasty and uh, healthy recipes that, that are SOS free. It's so funny that you love oatmeal so much for breakfast because, you know, Toby stayed with me for the two times he did the summit. And that's it's pretty much what he eats for breakfast. These like huge bowls of oatmeal with bananas and soy milk. And it's like I've never seen anybody love oats this much. It's simple. I think as us guys, it's simple. You know, no frills, cook it dump it in the less time the less prep the better and that's probably why toby it's funny because when we were both doing the planted summit he had his bowl of oats and i had my bowl of oats and he's always looking at my side oh my god i can't believe that you're eating that um so yeah we love our oats do, do you have any there's some you know i i there's special i guess you call them specialty products that i love and use and so many people when they don't live in the united states like the balsamic vinegars and the benson's table tasty salt substitute they can't get them do you do you have any like specialty products that are vegan or plant-based in singapore that maybe we can't get i would say well um one of the plant-based startups um that 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 just kind of uh, I would say, yeah, there was a plant-based startup that started this thing called uh, jackfruit meats. So you probably have that in, in uh, I know Upton's Naturals in US, you have Upton's Naturals and a few other brands, but it's jackfruit meat in particularly. I think they're going to move towards plant-based barbecue pork pals made from jackfruit meat. So I'm really excited for, for that to come to market. Um, but beyond that, I know that there is also plant-based pork as well, uh, omni-meat and future meat, uh, because pork in Asian dishes is very, very common, with, uh, especially with Chinese dishes. So um, it's actually plant-based. Uh, it's mince, plant-based mince made from soy protein and mushrooms and a few things. So I don't think that is in, in US just yet, but it's kind of readily available. In, in Singapore. But beyond that, we do get a lot of uh, American products like oh. Beyond and Impossible and, um, and Bragg's, for, uh, Bragg's and the nutri Nutritional Yeast. So we get that from iHerb. Uh, iHerb, uh, we get shipments from iHerb. So we get most of the American stuff here pretty easily. So I think those are, the, those are probably the two, two main things that That's I can great. think of at, at this point in time. That is great. Colleen says, how does he fit in all that exercise? And Apple says, do you do yoga asanas? Oh, well, I'm not specifically. Well, first thing, how do I fit in the, the exercise? Uh, well, I wake up at 4.30 a.m. So 4.15, 4.15 a.m. is my wake up call. Um, and I plan my day that way. I try to structure everything. It's jam I have a pretty jam-packed day. Um, but yeah, 4.30 a.m. and I train at 6. So I do a morning ritual from 5 to 6 a.m. And that includes hydrating, includes meditation, includes journaling, breath work, um, and positive visualization. And then I go to my movement. So 
that's how I fit it in. If I don't get it done first thing in the morning, it's always a little bit harder in the afternoon, evening, and especially when the day has run through, I find that I may not have as much energy and as, as much drive. So that's number one. Number two, I don't specifically do yoga asanas, but I do practice uh, many of the yoga stretches. I've got pretty tight hips. So at the end of my session, I do things like the pigeon. I do things like the dragon, the lizard, um, uh, upward dog, downward dog. So there's a few of the, the key yoga poses to open up areas that I know that are pretty tight. And I do uh, a, a mobility routine that incorporates all of that. But in saying that, I do want to join a yoga yoga group and I want, want to do yin yoga. Uh, yin yoga because a lot of my uh, activity is very kind of yank, very strength-based. So I just need some calming energy and calming yin yoga in my life. That is my favorite kind. We're actually going to be doing a live yoga class Thursday night here, guys, a special oh, broadcast nice, at six. But that nice. is my favorite. And pigeon is my favorite pose. I have very flexible hips, almost too flexible. So, and I did wow. yin for about seven years. And after seven years, wow. I was able to do the splits. So I, I yoga is wow. my jam. Yep. I'm, I don't have that the strength. That is my goal. You have the strength. That is my goal. Here, yep. You have the strength. Your wife has the endurance. I have the flexibility. Together, we are the perfect athlete. Oh, my goodness. The superhuman. Super, super <laughs> <laughs> so what time do you have to go to bed to wake up at 4 30 like 10 uh i yeah probably about 10 uh it's not ideal like 9 30 10 it's really when my daughter goes to bed because she's quite hectic we the problem is that we never had a, a good nighttime ritual for her to putting her to bed so when she goes to bed i go to bed so around 10 i would say um and then um for my alarm goes on at 4 15 i snooze 4 30 i just get up and I love starting. Uh, yeah, start I find it. Yeah, I, I like the mornings too. That's when I get everything oh, done. It's me so time. Angie says, what plant protein powder do you recommend? Um, well, I would say if you're, I'm not sure where you're in. Um, where you're in. Was it Angie? Yeah, and she wanted to know what okay. supplements you use. Okay. Yeah, protein yeah, powders okay. and supplement question. Okay, uh, Angie, um, if I, I use Prana on, I think they are, they are available in the U.S., I know there's a few brands. Uh, uh, I think Vivo Life is actually a pretty good one as well. I know Nimai Delgado launched one. And the thing about plant-based protein powders these days, because the Clean Label project was done, I think, a few years ago, and it showed that plant-based protein powders actually had a high amount of heavy metals in their lead, arsenic. So it's important to check the brands that you're getting. But from what I know, Dr. Gonzalez and Plateful Health on Instagram, they actually shared the top, the top and the cleanest plant-based protein and the worst plant-based proteins in the US. So if you're in the US, I would highly recommend for you to check out that post. Feel free to feel free to email me. Uh, I can I can just send you that post, uh, the link to that particular post uh, because it's very very it's a really good post uh, uh, particularly on telling you what specific brands to go for that are the healthiest and cleanest. So but to answer your question I prana on I do have oh What's his, what's her, his or her Sorry, name? she was begging to come up. This is Bailey. Of course. Bailey, you gotta, Hello, if Bailey. you're going to be on TV or on the screen, you got to face this way. See, we each of have course. a little girl, huh? I know, I know, I know. And I love that you put a little ribbon there for her as well. <laughs> so highlights, people, highlights her face. Very gender specific. People were it always is. thinking she's a boy because her name is Bailey. Do you have any pets? I use, uh, well, actually I do. I have uh, a little British short hair. He's been with us for almost a decade now. So oh. yeah, I do have him. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he, he was our son and now he's uh, our second child. Oh, that's terrific. So let's see. Oh, Bridget wants to know if you have any favorite post-workout snack or meal. Post-workout snack or meal? Um, I would say I don't really have any I don't have like a post-workout meal or specific snack. What I like to do is, especially after a hard training session, I will have like something that is high in, uh, high in sugar, like an orange juice, like a pure orange juice just to replenish glycogen stores. I have that immediately because after workout, when I train pretty hard, I don't really feel like eating. So I might have that. Um, but post-workout, I normally have, um, because I fast, I train at, 
I train at, although I train at 6 a.m., I fast till about lunchtime. I practice time restricted eating. So I've learned to train in a fasted state. So my post-workout meal is really my ginormous bowl of oats. And I love that. And I've gone to that for, for years. So both oats wins the day every single day. And when I travel to the U.S. and I get into a hotel, the first thing I do is look for the nearest grocery store um, so that I can stock up on my oats and my fruits. And so that I think when, you, when you're traveling, the first thing you want to make sure that, that, that you're set for is breakfast because you don't want to fall short of your breakfast goals because if you, if you don't have your breakfast, a good clean breakfast, you're going to make poor decisions throughout the day. So, so oats would be my number one thing. So it's my post-workout meal. Um, and uh, immediately after workout will be something like an orange juice or juice or juice of some kind. Nice. Let's see. I have a question from Linda. Do you have any tricks to stop cravings for chips and sweets? Don't buy them. <laughs> yeah. Well, for start, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, cravings. I think cravings are one of those things where sometimes dehydration masks hunger and cravings. I would say have a big glass of water, a big, big glass. I mean, I've got a bottle of water I haven't drunk yet, but have a big glass of water. And off, off, a lot of times that takes the edge off. And that's what I tell my clients as well. Have a big glass of water. Sometimes that craving or that, that hunger is really hard. Your body's saying that, hey, we need water because half the time we don't, all of us, we don't drink sufficient water. We don't drink enough water. Uh, and I know Chef AJ, you're a big fan of, water drinking water and we're 60 to 70 percent water um and there's this little thing that i do as well i give thanks to the water i i'm not sure whether you're aware of dr masuro emoto's uh, research mm -hmm. and how he he talks about um the ener energetic nature the molecular structure of the water and it changes based on the intention that you give it so i every time i drink my water especially in the first thing of in the morning, I give thanks to it. Uh, I say thank you for this water. I'm grateful for this water, and that changes uh, changes the molecular structure and the energy um, that it gives you as well. So, and and I think the fact that you have clean water to drink, um, you're you're much better than millions uh, of others in the world that don't actually have access to clean water. We take that for granted. So I think to find gratitude in the simple things. But to answer your question, having a big glass of water. Um, if it's if it's snacks, if it's if, if you really really can't uh, can't handle the cravings, you know it's probably something. If you're looking for for chips, you're probably craving something calorie dense, not chips particularly. And you need to understand why you're craving something calorie dense. Is it because you haven't eaten, you have been starving yourself prior to you know up to that point? Uh, and if push comes to shove, maybe have some, you know, sprouted nuts. So, and that's a lot better than having um, chips because there's absolutely no nutritional value in there. There's, there's yeah, there's what, barely any fiber and it's full of 40% oil and preservatives. So have some sprouted nuts. But before that, even maybe having a, an apple, you know, um, if, if uh, an apple or having some form of fruit, I find fruits are nature's skittles, nature's best uh, prescription. Have a few fruits and if you find that that takes it away and it's great. So water, fruits, um, and maybe nuts. And sweet potatoes. Sweet po okay, sweet potatoes as well. Sweet potatoes for that, sure. I love that. I've never heard fruit called uh, nature skittles. That is hilarious. Yeah, to me. <laughs> Spirit Junkie says, thanks for sharing this beautiful testimony about your plant-based lifestyle. Very enjoyable. You know, we should have Emily on and she could maybe cook some recipes. Oh, sure. I'm sure we could, we could do yeah, that. Because if for we sure, have you on, if we have you on, it's just going to be an oatmeal bowl. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, it's going to be pretty boring. And, and every <laughs> session we'll be doing the same bowl. <laughs> Yeah, that's so you're not gonna but, learn much. But I, see, I'm I, even those oats aren't my jam. I I eat the same thing every day, pretty much at least for lunch. My you know sweet potatoes and broccoli, or sweet potatoes and a big salad, and I that's because I like it, and it's easy, and then you don't yeah. have to think about it very much if you're having the same thing every day. Indeed, I think that's that's decision fatigue. You know, you don't want to have decision fatigue, and that's why Steve Jobs always wears that black T-shirt and jeans because he does not want to think about what to wear every single day, and it goes the same with food. Make uh, I think it was you said that make your life interesting, make your food boring. Yeah, that's Andrew Spud Fit Taylor from Australia. Oh, yeah. there you and go. It's, it's it's true, but it doesn't. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing when people say it's boring, 
I don't understand how food can be boring because unless you're looking for excitement, but some people need more variety than others. That's why we Mm. change the grain, the bean, the green, the sauce, Mm. you know. Mm. Indeed, and I think you you, you really uh, brought up a good point there. You know, it's just something that's easy, something that is tasty, something that you love. And they always say, how do you start a plant-based diet? Really start with one meal that you love and make it plant-based and just kind of stack it on from there. So, so yeah, I would say, uh, make it easy, make it, and uh, make it simple. Uh, and, and you need to love it. So, so just stick, stick with one meal. Uh, and I think that's and simplicity is key. Yeah, I agree that that's true. That in the interview that we did for the plant fit summit with Toby, that was one of my top seven, seven habits for highly successful losers eat simply. I <laughs> love it. Love it. Dandelion wants to know, do, does Luke own a juicer? If so, what kind does he take vitamins to help with energy and weight loss? Um, I would say, no, I, I, I do own a juicer. I do own a slow juicer, Philips slow juicer. Um, I don't juice as much as I'd like because of just the time and just the cleaning. Uh, got a pretty busy life. But but um, in terms of, what was the other question? Uh, does he take vitamins to help with energy and oh, weight yes. loss? Okay. Uh, not, not, not specific. I have a vitamin D, vitamin D B12. Um, because although I'm tr- I train, I, I'm not out in the sun a lot. Those are my two supplements. And beyond that, I do have like an omega-3 uh plant-based omega-3 um because i'm pretty active uh pretty active and i would say just to combat inflammation for cognitive clear uh, for cognitive performance as well and the source that i have uh the source of the plant-based omega-3 is ahi flour um and i learned this from one of our speakers jeff palmer apparently ahi flour is a has a much uh has a much better and easier conversion of ala to epa dha um, for the body. So, so that's essentially what, what the body needs uh, for your EFA. So uh, I go with ahi flour, but if you don't go with ahi flour, um, things like algae sources as well. I, I, I err on the side of caution. You know, some doctors say you don't need to supplement, uh, some health advocates say you don't need to supplement. I, I, I tend to supplement with omega-3 rich source, which is um, ahi flour or maybe um, an algae if that's not available. But these are my three, three main things. Beyond that, it's a whole food plant-based diet. Uh, being aware of calorie density, um, being, you know, I eat intuitively. I've taken, I've been this, in this lifestyle for almost a decade now. And I know the calorie density of foods. And if I do want to have like a burger, I know that that's going to be at least a thousand calories or 800 calories at one go. I, I know that. And sorry. You mean a plant-based burger though, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you lose your powers. You lose your powers. <laughs> Good, um, good, but good, yeah, sure. plant, plant-based burger, like, like a Beyond or, or something like that, because I know if I'm like, for example, on a Saturday night, I, I would love a, like a Beyond burger. I know that I'm going to consume at least a, a thousand calories. I fast throughout the day. I just have fruits. So I think it's important to be aware of cal- calorie density. And, and, and once, once you nail that, you really can eat anything because you make an informed choice rather than be a victim of the food that the restaurant serves you, the food that you buy in the, in the supermarket. You know, I met Jeff Palmer, but I, I don't think I've heard of ahi flour. Is that a powder, a mm. capsule, a liquid? Uh, it's, it's a capsule, actually. Um, he, he, he's the CEO and founder of Clean Machine, and he has the ahi flour. It's an oil. Uh, it's, in, it's in a capsule. Nice, nice. Uh, Dandelion wants to know, do you eat plantains? Uh, no, we don't get plantains here, unfortunately. I, I, I've always wanted to try it. I think uh, I've never tried plantains. I, I love bananas. I know they look the same, but they're very different. Um, the only plantain experience I had was a plantain chip that I bought from the supermarket about a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that was that was my experience of plantains. But to answer your question, no. <laughs> I would love to try plantains one day. What part of California... Before the pandemic, you were going to come to California. What part were you going to be coming to? Uh, Encinitas and Carlsbad. Oh, that's not too far from me. Yeah. Nice. Well, nice. we'll catch up when I do make it down. Like, and that, that's where I was going to be based. Um, I was going to actually be bunking in with Dotsie Bausch. Uh, she is in, I can't remember, uh, Irvine. Irvine. Yeah, she's, she was in Irvine. Very nice. So, Very uh, nice. so yeah, around that area. 
So I've been posting the link for free all yes. this time to sign up for the Planted awesome. Summit. So can you tell people when it is and maybe who some of the speakers are? Right. Okay. Well, I've, we've got 33, 33 spe 36 speakers, but it's uh, October 3 to October 11th, um, launching October 3. So every single day, the nine days, there's going to be uh, three to four speakers. And, and, and in terms, the whole purpose of the plant-based, uh, plant-based summit is to bridge the gap between plant-based health, fitness, but in this year, we're pulling the ethics of our food system sustainability in, because I think that's important. We have on, we have, uh, you know, usual, usual rock stars like Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. Neil Barnard. Um, Chef AJ. No, Chef, just of course. How, just sorry, how did I forget I'm that? Kidding. My goodness. Chef AJ is the number one presenter no, on our no, summit. Just kidding. Uh, we also have Dr. Jim Loomis, who, who was on the Game Changers. And my conversation with him, with him was about debunking the debunks of game changers because many people were trying to debunk the signs. So I had a conversation with him. We have Robert Cheek movement. We've got an ex-Navy SEAL. Uh, we've got someone from Sea Shepherd talking about the true cost of eating fish. And that was the sustainable angle. We've got Vandana Shiva who talks about our food system and GMO. Um, we've got Dr. Vivian Chen. We've got Damien Mender as well, whom I'm sure you know. Um, who is a uh, conservationist, founder of IAPF, um, health performance coaches like uh, Fraser Bailey, um, Dr. Renee Thomas, who is a longevity doc uh, lifestyle medicine doctor in Loma Linda. So my goodness, I could just spend the whole, the rest of the, the chart just reading to you these guys here and, 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 and everyone is just amazing. I've learned so much from them. Just Toby and I have learned so much from each and every speaker. And hopefully you too, if you, when, when you tune in, um, and, and hopefully you get a few nuggets of information to, uh, or inspiration to, to live, live a life of health and happiness. Wow, that is great. Well, thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure, pleasure. talking to you. you. And I, even though I'm here. on the summit, I am going to sign up because their speakers sound amazing. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for a double header. At 11 a.m., we have Bob Hopfazel from the Book Publishing Company, who's going to be talking about how to get your vegan book published. And at 2 p.m., we have Marian Nessel, who has a new book out, and she is really a rock star when it comes to food policy and food politics. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. See you Bye. guys. See yeah, tell, you. You, Bye. Tell, tell your wife we want her to come on. Okay. I sure will. I All sure right. will. Thank okay. you. Have Bye -bye. a good one. Thanks.